Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland. And Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kinney, and I'm joined by Spence Halford. Howdy. R.T. Bailey. Here we are. And our guest today is Walker Davidson. How's it going? How are you doing, brother? I'm good. Good. Glad to be here. Little known fact about Rolling Thunder Game Calls, if you stop by and buy a duck call, you get a podcast episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we end up with a lot read, of episodes. Read the fine print. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, Walker. Are you are you William? Are you Walker? Or are you Davidson? Because all I know you by is your Instagram handle, I'm, William Walker Davidson. That's my full name. I go by Walker. That that a boy. What's all your right. mother call you? Walker. All right, that's what I'm gonna call you then. We are filled with a room of little shin gear, uh, Jeff Farmer, Jeff Jones puppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, who, Walker, who do you have? Who's this here on the floor checking out some shoes? Her name is Tishamingo. Tish Mingo. Wow. Call sign Tish. That's right. God, good, that's good, so strong. That's gonna be, oh, yeah. Good, that's strong Mississippi, Alabama, Bad. Tom Bigby River. Well, like, also, lots of history. where I got in Oklahoma, there's another Tish Mingo really? out there right down the road. That wow. That that's is strong. pretty sharp. So, you got, so impressive. You, you got it Red Rock out there? Yes, sir. That's where I'll be this winter. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Cool. You know Jake yet? Have you met Jake Orlick? He yeah, does a yeah, lot yeah. of that. Actually, he and I hunted Content together like the last there. three days of the season last year. So we got to what a guy. hang out. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he y'all, y'all work out together? We don't. I do Jake's listen. A big workout. I guy, do I listen to his playlist, and it will make you want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> I didn't I, know this existed. I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to like I need get to up get and, do that. A, and do a 20 minute walk every day, like an old man. <laughs> I need to get Jake's go through a brick wall yeah. playlist. It's, yeah, it, it's good. It'll get you fired. So up. this is at Jake Orlick. Please send Spence and I your workout playlist. <laughs> That's right. I, I was What's giving it? him a hard time the other day because he just all of a sudden just started posting all this workout stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Man." The interactions are through the roof. Engagement. <laughs> it's all about it. He's like, what are we doing on this thing if we're not trying to engage with people? Fair Jake, enough, dude. I have 3,400 followers, and I ha- I got 72 <laughs> likes on my last photo. So, for some reason, I'm in Instagram jail. Hey, oh, you're you shadow banned. need to go to Oak Fitness and put the camera up and that's start right. pumping some iron. I, I mean, that's what media guys do in the off season, I isn't guess. it? I mean, Workout yeah, yeah. videos. I'm, I'm more kinda, of a I'm runner. Known, yeah, I'm known for that. <laughs> I love Jake. Jake's perspective is always fantastic. Well, and the other thing about, and this is not a podcast about Jake, but Jake is very true to himself, and he's going to do his thing. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. going to tell you about that. it. He's going to put it on his Instagram story. <laughs> and you'll know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I love it. Because right. it'll be on the ground. I love so. it. Yeah, yeah, old rooster, We got. I got to watch him pick up some ducks, and he's He's, he's the real deal. Pretty good golden. He's yeah. legit. He's the real And they're deal. hard to find. A good old swamp collie. Yeah. He's... <laughs> He did it. He made, he made one real big retrieve. We sailed one, you know, out over the hill, and Jake carried him up there and sent him on it. And Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to RT in the last 24 hours. He kind of like, switched a gear a little like, bit. like, welcome to the new podcast. That's right. I mean, this is serious hey, content. It's the sound RT. of a new generation. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, yeah, Rooster, he – I mean – we had him on a hunt this year, and you could tell the guys were like, I don't know. And all of a sudden, he started just crushing it. And then by the end of it, they wanted like, hey, when he has puppies, mm-hmm. you let me know. That's got to be such a great and just great feeling. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, Leroy and I get there here breathing to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and a Foley artist. <laughs> all right. So, give us your story, uh, Walker. What, Where you come from? How old are you? Are you married, single, straight? straight yeah uh <laughs> give us so, your whole story i'm 24 uh born and raised in auburn alabama okay went to auburn university graduated in ag business um got into duck hunting i grew up running bird dogs with my granddad he raised english pointers and okay. we field trial you know walking horses and turn bird awesome. dog out yeah so i got to 
travel all over the southeast with him. Have you all know. ever come up here to Ames? Mm-hmm. That's what I was I've about been to, to Ames ask. A couple yeah. times. Wow. So they actually, I won the, I was a youth handler of the year, like when I was 14, 15, mm-hmm. and they had a big like recognition deal up at Ames for all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. the Bird Dog Museum there. Yeah. So I'm from Lagrange, okay, which is right there. Gotcha. So. And yeah. that's a very Fayette County thing to do is get your walking horse and ride behind the dogs. Oh and man! Before before we were exhibiting at NWTF, I mean, that was what everybody, that's what I did. I yeah. mean, we, we would bring our horses out here and we'd ride for three or four or five days. Yep. I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah, so you know Gary Lockie then? I don't know. Never mind. He was 14. Tell him who Gary is. Oh, that's right, you're 14. <laughs> no, so Gary is one of the guys who started the, the National Bird Dog Museum there okay. in, in Grand Junction, gotcha. and he's a old school bird hunter and gotcha. and did a lot of that so member of we, the hall of fame member okay. of the hall of right, fame right. we start we we had him on the podcast a couple, uh, like for two episodes and right. it was really cool he's but, like cool. 90 so y'all are only like yeah, yeah. 80, <laughs> 80 years apart years i just figured y'all episodes, though. bumped into each other <laughs> but uh but so how let, let's keep going with that so with the trials i mean did y'all just go across the country and yeah, do that yeah mostly or? in the southeast um Alabama, South Georgia. Yeah. Um, so Union Springs, Alabama's yep. the field trial capital of the world. Yep. That's where I learned how to hunt. Big I mean, pl- pine plantations. Yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah, it's awesome down there. That's where I learned to turkey hunt. You know, our hunting lease is in Bullitt County. But um, so I grew up, you know, just doing that. And that's kind of how I fell in love with the outdoors. Papaw's a huge turkey hunter, too. So he's one, you know, kind of taught me pretty that's, much everything. I, I mean, know. that's one of those Heck areas yeah. that's always yeah. had turkeys. I mm. mean, kind of like in that. Like you hear Mr. Fox talk about Choctaw Bluff mm-hmm. and that South Alabama stuff. That's same. Turkeys have been down there forever, as long as white people have been living on this country. Pretty you know, much. I mean, it's that's one of them. And it's just, I mean, that place, the the way the woods and terrain is there, it's just it's good for mm-hmm. quail and turkeys. Um, you know, and the wild birds, the wild quail are actually starting to come back around yeah. there. A lot of people, you know, really managing for them now, and so that's cool to see. Oh um, man! On my walk yesterday, I listened to Bobby Cole. And the Gamekeepers podcast about the quail, it's called The mm-hmm. Plight of the Bob mm-hmm. White Quail. Mm-hmm. It's fan- fascinating. I mean, it's a fantastic episode about what you're talking about and how one of the coolest things they said was how similar turkeys and quail, how, how similar the needs they have in the ha- in you know habitat. Yep. Gosh, I just really befuddled that up. I'm getting excited because the coffee pot's almost ready. <laughs> I hear it perking over there. What it, what he the point they were making is that here in the last few years with the decline of the turkey population, you've got a lot of interest from landowners who are learning to burn, learning how to manage their ground. And one of the side benefits they're seeing is the quail populations coming back in a lot of areas just yep. because the same things turkeys need. Benefits well, quail. Exactly. That's set that's aside kind of, ground that doesn't hardly exist anymore. It's good for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of a saying, it's like a turkey's just a big quail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> yeah. From the time they're born, everything's trying to eat them. And, uh, yep. you know, they without habitat, that's the only way you ever have mm-hmm. them, you know. Mm-hmm. So in these in these youth trials that you were doing, were you on horseback or were you walking? Yes, sir. Yep, on horseback. And, I mean, just like the ones at Ames. So you same had, you same had, deal. Uh, what do they scout. call it? Like a scout out so to the that's side. That's how, like, when I was going all the time, you know, 10, 11 years old, whatever, I mean, I started scouting. I would be riding around just asking everybody, yeah. can I scout for you? Can yeah. I scout for you? So I actually got the opportunity to scout some really good dogs, Yeah, you know, just by trying to do it. And um, and then it was funny. I've scouted for a lot of other people before Papa ever let me scout for him. <laughs> but, that's awesome. Um, the, so anyway. scout, the scout thing, yeah. we need to Explain do an episode that. with the scout because – it, I think that's one of the coolest things. Well, and that that's makes or breaks the whole – I it mean, does, the, right. a good scout, that's the whole difference in winning or losing a field so trial. So, you explain what a scout does. So, in the field trial, when you turn out, you turn your two dogs out, and the handler's right up in the front in front of the judges. So, you've yeah. got two handlers and two judges, and then each handler has his scout. And the in the rule book, the scout's job is to seek the dog on point. So, the idea being that the scout is kind of an outrider – and he's looking for the dog. Are you on horseback as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's on horseback. That's crazy because I've so, never done it on – I've never so done it on horseback, the, but I love to bird hunt. Oh, well, yeah. Part of this particular kind of trial is there's an endurance element. Mm. And so they want the dogs to run big yep. and to run long. Right. But they want them to stay within earshot of the handler. Mm-hmm. Right. So, go ahead. So, I'll, no, no, I'll you're, steal your thunder. No, no, you're good. <clears throat> and uh, so, basically, the scout, you know, like the course, you're riding along in the galleries behind the judges. That's all the – you know, there might be – 100 people yeah. or however many yeah. folks riding along and which as a side note 
if you've never ridden a horse in a group of a hundred horses, that alone is a momentous um, occasion. Oh yeah. oh yeah, like the the horses experience one another's aura or excitement vibe or and all whatever. That, yeah. But like riding the, feel the riding well, a horse on like a, a you know a Grand Canyon kind of follow the leader sort of a trail ride is nothing like being in the wide open with a hundred other horses and everybody's horse is just raring to go. Right. Yep. It's, when you're sitting there and you're getting ready to turn the dogs loose and all everybody's in the gallery, it I mean, the, the horses, the tacks jingling on the horses and the leathers creaking. I mean, That's it's so like, cool. it's like, Waiting on shooting light. It really, you know, it really is. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's an intensity that's hard to really and, and when you, quantify. If, yeah, and if you've never been around field trial quality bird dogs, it's it's like night they and day. They have electricity too, yeah. They're, it's night and day <laughs> yeah. from just a meat dog. You know, even like with labs, you know, it's not, to me, I think it's a bigger difference in Correct. pointers than labs. Correct. By the time these dogs are done, like they've made a 20-something mile course. Yeah. Wow. And so they've zigzagged the whole way. Yeah. So, I mean, they and may have. running. I mean, wide open tail cracking. through everything. Smelling the whole time. I yeah. mean, you know, they may have run 40 miles by the yeah. time it's finished because your, your horse on a straight line is probably going to go right at 20. I know Ames is, that's right at a 20-mile yeah. course, I think. Yeah. It's an impressive It's uh, awesome. Thing. So, yeah. So, anyway, the scout, you know, basically it's, scouting you there's an art because like you're not supposed to ride in front of the judges but you know i mean you might get out there and slip around a little bit you know and the you're really not supposed the scout's not supposed to handle the dog but the idea is that like when the course turns if that dog made a big cast over the hill and the course kind of steer him back into the course i'll go ride him down and basically i'll just try to get on a hill and if i can see him i'll get his attention and then point my horse and then he'll just go you know, so it's like being a bumper car. Yeah. But but here's let me let me put some color to this. Yeah. Right. Scouts are not like um, a guy you'd find in the library on Sunday afternoon. They're a dude who like is riding the biggest, finest, mm-hmm. proudest horse in the gallery. Yeah. And they're typically look like lumberjack. They look like a guy you'd ride up on, you know, in Montana, just living by himself. I mean, like they're. They're the manliest man in the that Marlboro group. Man. <laughs> I mean, when that dog goes running that way, I mean, he kicks his you, horse up and he and hauls tail. He's outrunning that dog, right? To you, bump him back, you run him down and turn him back. Wow. That's awesome. So, so it, it's wild. I mean, and that's a big thing. Is like, you know, some of the the older guys. I mean, it's an older sport. You know, mostly older sure. guys. And so, as a younger person, that's not afraid to let one rip. You kind of have an advantage as a scout because you're going, you know, like yeah. it, I was, I was fearless. Like I'll just, you know, go that's get awesome. one. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's really yeah. cool. So, are you still involved with trials and doing some of that? Yeah, I'll, I judge a trial every now and then. You know, somebody will call me, hey, we need a judge this weekend mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I don't really go just because it's the same season as mm-hmm. Doug season sure. now. So, <laughs> it's kind of hard to, you know, balance do both. it. Yeah, that's they're not cool. very close together. I mean, there's no. some up in the bluffs in Arkansas and everything, but. Yep. Like, I'm, if I was going to go bird hunt during duck season, I'd have to trek three miles back mm-hmm. to Nashville and, you know, sleep there that night and pick up, you know, at 1 a.m. Right. I did it this past year <laughs> and then met you on the White River. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. That's, so, that's really neat. There are not many 24-year-olds that have watched a bird dog on point, period, right. much less in a field trial in situation. In a scouting position. And, yeah. I mean, you know, like – Hey, young handler of the year over here. My, yeah. <laughs> right. My granddad, I mean, he, he won the – Amateur Invitational, um, which is a – they only invite 12 to 12 top dogs from wow. the year before. I mean, he – when I was coming up, he had really good dogs, you know. And so, I was a – I guess I never realized how good the dogs I was around mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even just every dog in a field trial is Solid. a pretty good dog, yeah. you know. Um, so, I, that was cool just to be around that quality mm-hmm. of, of dog work. Um, yeah. So. I, well, my only last dog trialing story is gary lester okay so i i know him pretty wow. well my granddad the jazz man dog that's uh-huh. won all those field trials uh-huh. came my granddad bred that litter wow so in i think it was 15 or 16 he won it was like lester snow white mm, or snow lester's white. whippoorwill or right. something like that he won a couple times in a short period of time well the first time in that little span i don't know how many he's won but um, Too many to count. <laughs> the the at the at Ames the field trial scene is mostly the gallery. It's a it's a drinking event. I mean it's mm-hmm. a it's a gentlemanly 
gentlemanly thing to do, but the gallery is just following along and, you know, drinking brown water kind of yeah. thing. And I decided that particular year that I wanted to see if I could see every point. So I stayed right up with the owners who ride kind of right behind the handler, and I watched every point. And that dog pointed like 18 cubbies that afternoon. Right. It was wild. So Gary's getting it off the horse and, you know, flushing the, the cubbies. And it was the same night that they have – can't remember if it's Tuesday night or Thursday night. I think it's Thursday night at the at the Hall of Fame. They do a fried the catfish, catfish dinner. Fry, yeah. yep. Right. And uh, <clears throat> I was so enamored by after watching Gary that I I I got got my horse put away on the trailer and everything, and I pulled up and he was just like watering dogs and stuff by his trailer, and nobody was around, and I was like. We, I just watched. This was remarkable. This was greatness, and yeah, this is. I I didn't have any idea exactly how great the guy was, but I just was like, I watched greatness, and nobody's even over here talking to this. You watched Bo Jackson run a bird dog. I mean, you. I happened to be my i my horse was in Bradley Moore's trailer, Mm -hmm. so I happened to be in my truck, and I didn't have anything attached to it. So I just pulled up and got out and just kind of stood around. We talked for a few minutes, and I said, "Uh, "Are you are you going to eat dinner?" And he said, "Yeah," and I said, "Well." You you want to ride since your truck's hooked? The train? Sure. We drove all the way to the dinner together, hung out at the dinner, and I brought Very him back. Cool. That's like, awesome. I mean, now later I'm looking back and I go, I had no clue what I was <laughs> doing. He's, but he's one he's of the a best. Legend. I mean, he's he if not the best, he's yeah. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. all the I've got all the Bank of Fayette County calendars from all the years that he ran that he had a winner. Yep. I yep. saved those calendars. They're over there by my desk. That's really um, cool. And they're it's anyway so it's super neat. Gary's mentor, and my grandfather, were like best buds. Wow. So that's kind of how I know them. But anyway, that's super cool. That's yeah. sharp. Well, tell us a little bit about Argentina, man. How did that get? How'd that come about? So um, it was actually so when I graduated, I took a job guiding in Oklahoma, and that was. I mean, I was hired through the end of duck season. So mm-hmm. it was about the middle of January, and I didn't have a job. And I was kind of like, you know, I probably need to start looking around or whatever. And one night I was just laying in bed, and I get a phone call, and I answer it. And they're like, hey, this is Will and Lauren. I'm like, who in the world is Will and Lauren? And they're mm-hmm. like, we own Hook Fire. And I'm like, what in the world is That's Hook Fire? That's who you got it for? Yeah. Yep. Did you know that? I, I figured it out when I was looking at it. I feel it, like yeah. such a knucklehead. I had no idea. Yeah, that's Drew's brother. Okay, gotcha. So Drew Cowan and Will are first cousins to Field Norris, who's one of the owners of Shin Gear. Okay, gotcha. Small, <laughs> small world. Small world indeed. Kevin so, Bacon uh, so anyway, they were like, "We got your message on Instagram about guiding," and then it hit me like two months prior. Mm-hmm. I just was scrolling Instagram and saw a sponsored post, you know, and it was yeah. like looking for a guide, a waterfowl and quail guide in Patagonia. And I was like, well. Duck, Sign me up. I mean, yeah, ducks yeah. and quail. Like, that's what I do, you know. And so I messaged them and just never heard anything back. And I guess they just kind of got lost in their messages. And so they actually had a guy hired from Mississippi. He was a bird dog trainer. And, um, like, two days before he was supposed to go down there, he got cold feet. Like, he had never left the state of Mississippi before. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm going to stay. I don't know if so, I'm going all the way down to yeah, Buenos so, Aires. Um. So anyway, Will and I talked on the phone and just, you know, kind of got along, hit it off. And I was, I guess this was the first week of snow goose season. It was in February, not January. And, That's uh, a bad time to make decisions, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're hating life. Oh, yeah. Hating tired. Bird, yeah. Tired. So I, like anything oh, yeah. is better than snow goose. Correct. Well, Correct. So, yeah. That, so yeah I, I would have agreed to a lot. That's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Yes, I will follow a bird dog in That's another right. country. You yeah. ask yourself a lot <laughs> of questions. Called, right. I got Azerbaijan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when so I, I that's I got hired for snow goose season about the middle of January so I was like all right well at least I'm hired through the end of February mm-hmm. so sure. I got one more month yeah. you know and so then while I was in uh, Arkansas you know all this was going down and so Will was like well I'd love to meet you and I was like all right well you know where he's like I'm in Memphis I was like well I'll just ride over there one day you know one afternoon or whatever mm-hmm. so we met at the Bass Pro Memphis and <laughs> nice you know talked for an hour and just talked about bird dogs and hunting and everything and. Um, so I didn't realize that they did bird hunts down there. Oh, I yes, thought sir. it was just waterfowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the place that I work, we uh, we did. It was a combo trip where you fly fished, duck hunted, and quail hunted. Wow. So you that would 
bad to the bone. Yeah, no was, kidding. What a trip. <laughs> so yeah, the, we going? the people of yeah. Venice. Right. So the <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold yeah, on. Easy, easy. Um, you can't Airbnb stuff in Patagonia. <laughs> right. So I don't think. It's like a six, uh, six people, you know, six clients come on the trip, and sure. then each day two people will do each activity, you know, and then you get two days of each activity. That's basically. awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. We The quail were the uh, California Valley quail. I was going to ask. Scaled yeah, what quail. Kind of it's like the ones with the little top the hat. The little flick. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're really pretty birds. They fly hard. I mean, it was. Were they released down there? Like, so are they native? They were introduced um, in the 50s and 60s. Okay. So, so you're hunting. You're hunting wild birds. Wild oh, it's birds. wild birds. Wow. Is it good? Is it, are they pretty thick? They're thick, but they're hard. Yeah. I mean, the first day we hunted, we walked seven and a half miles to kill seven. Yeah. I mean, so that's a real hunt. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, well, it's kind of hilly. It's mountainous it's mountains. up there. Yeah. It, it ain't hills. It's mountains. It's mountains. Yeah. Okay. I mean, wow. and, and so it. How did they get their dogs down there? I took two of them with me. <laughs> of your dogs? Of uh, Will's dogs. Okay. Um, just in the but, in the luggage? Yeah, just oh, check, them, the check them. Yeah, yeah the check plane. them just like you check a bag. Man. And, yep. So. Uh, wow. They fit in that overhead? <laughs> <laughs> well, so. that's, you know, it's interesting you said that because, you know, the classic. I'm going to fly my dog to Canada story is everybody goes and sees somebody and gets an emotional support letter and all that rigmarole. And then the dog sits in front of them. But I mean, that's people have been flying with dogs a long time. Oh, yeah. Great. Right. You know, but so the thing is, right. but you only Argentinius or Arlenius Argentinius is the only people that fly dogs. So I had to drive to Miami and fly from there on the Argentinian airline. Wow. So this was, it was an adventure before you even left. Yeah. Yeah. And they, one of the dogs they bought like right before I left. So I met Lauren in Fairhope, picked the dog up, drove to Ocala, turkey hunting for two days, drove to Miami and went to Argentina. There. All right. Let me quantify this for just a second, because there cannot possibly be another 24 year old during that calendar year. There's no way somebody, Picked up a boral class bird dog, drove to Miami, flew to Patagonia, shot an Osceola turkey on the way. <laughs> like, yeah, you're world, sure. world renowned. I just figured I was down there. I'm, I might as well. You know. So back to the initial point, like, uh, you got to have something more to offer than just buying a poly spec call to get on the podcast, and you qualify. <laughs> That's right. That's right. How um, how is just getting down there with the dogs and going through customs and all so that stuff? It really, I mean. I, I think it's probably a lot easier to fly with a dog than it is a gun. I mean, did you take a gun? Mm, no, I mean you can, but it's like four hundred dollars, and it's kind of a pain. You probably mm-hmm. got to bribe the dude at the airport, kind of thing. So, and <laughs> yep. you know, and it's not like bird hunters anymore hunt with you know eight seventy pumps. So right, you probably don't want to take pawpaws over and under. And yeah, birdies yeah, just in case. <laughs> and, exactly. and they had rental gun, you know, the lodge guns down there. So sure. like, the last day I was there. Me and two of the other guys went and duck hunted on our own, and we just used the lodge gun. What kind of ducks are y'all shooting? Uh, we were shooting speckled teal, yellow-billed pentails, and the southern widgeon. That's so cool. Yeah. That's and we shot cool. – we killed like five um, silver teal. But they're – I mean, you know, we out of all the ducks we killed, we only killed five of them. Yeah. So. yeah. What was the first variety that you killed down there? Pintail, like the first volley was a group of pintails. Oh. Man. Like a regular old pintail or a, a yellow, different kind of? Yellow-billed pintail. So they whistle. I mean, if you walked up on one of our ponds, mm-hmm. you'd be like, that's green-winged teal and pintails and widgeon mm-hmm. on there. I mean, you can't tell. We call the widgeon, you know, same way, everything. Yeah. Um, cool. And they Very look. Cool. Do they actually have yellow on their bills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yellow. I but know. the rest of their they coloration look, is similar? They look like a hen pintail. Okay. The, the yeah, they're brown and mottled. I have, okay. I have a silver yellow. I've seen, I've seen one of these mounted. The, dr- I did the drakes have the drakes just are a lot more distinct, like in their feathers. Yeah, you know the hands are just more dull, but they're yeah. all brown. I was um, just kind of wondering what that first moment was like when you're sitting in a marsh somewhere in Argentina and you shoot this bird and it looks completely different oh than yeah. anything. Like so, the when I landed, I mean, they picked me up at the airport and had dogs in the truck. And we went quail hunting that afternoon. I mean, it was awesome. We we drove up this mountain, you know top the hill and the guy the argentinian guy was like yeah there's a, should be a covey you know right at the bottom of the hill turned the dogs out went down there pointed them and we weren't hunting we were just working dogs you had to think yeah. you were in heaven oh it yeah. was awesome. so you fly fished duck hunted and quail hunted and you got paid to do that i didn't fish but yeah <laughs> um so even yeah. better you were around fly fishing <laughs> right. but didn't have, but to, didn't do have it. to do it <laughs> exactly like my dream <laughs> exactly um so yeah and it, they do all that out of one lodge yes sir yep. they, they need a media guy 
It's uh, Jeez. It, the lodge is really nice, too. I mean, it you know, really good chef and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was just beautiful. The lodge was right on the river that, <clears throat> wow. where they would fly fish. I mean, they would literally, like, put the drift boat in in front of the lodge and fish down the river, you know. Man, that is so Holy cool. Holy cow. Um, just getting out of the plane, going and, you know, pulling so that, the cubby. It's like, it's all, it's, you know, it's worlds apart, but it's all the same. Same, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Isn't that crazy? And that, you know, it was so cool. That first afternoon, like, right after we pointed that cubby, there's an apple tree, so we stopped and ate some apples and then filled up our water bottles in the creek. Like, I mean, it was just living, you know. It's like a movie. It, was, it really was. I mean, it was awesome. Um, Do they have a... Um, I don't know how to ask it exactly, but do they have a hunting heritage down there? Like, is there a history of it, or is that so something that a bunch of white dudes have basically brought The anti-hunting down community down there is huge. Really? Like, so that's why, like, the actual lodge Instagram is strictly fly fishing. That's why, yeah. like, hook fire kind of represents the hunting stuff, huh. because they were like, if, they, if the people in town knew, knew, they would come, like, vandalize the lodge or something. Wow. But the people, the people that do hunt, have a rich hunting history especially for the stag nobody bird hunts at all i mean like when we were shooting those ducks that was the first time those ducks ever heard a shotgun jeez and and the quail too i mean it it, it was pretty cool all right uh, forgive my geographic ignorance where is patagonia so it's i was where the lodge was, was like 20 miles from the chilean border okay um so Which is i'm chilly right so okay. i'm south way i mean i was closer to Argent, or I was closer to Antarctica than I was like Brazil. So this is South America, South South. Way, You're way down where it way gets down there. Yeah, way down there. So I'm like, Gosh. basically, I was the equivalent of like Northern Alberta. You're wow. that far from, from anything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. And these ducks, like, do they migrate from? So they where they start there basically and migrate to Buenos Aires, which is further south, north. So, so they are the, opposite of us. Oh, because it's Southern Hemisphere. Right. So, like, oh, I was yeah. So I was there in... Dang. Hold on just a second. We got a lot of rednecks listening that don't know where <laughs> Chile is, which is why I was asking those questions. Right. So on, on the Southern Hemisphere... It's the opposite. The seasons are opposite. Right. So, like, I was there for April and May, which would be, like, Alberta in September and October. Yeah. Ramsey Russell's listening to this going, yeah, that's why I say there's duck season everywhere. Right. So <laughs> that's... I've, I... Uh, I he was down there at the same time I was, but where he was is pretty much all in the Buenos Aires province. Okay. And then a, there's another province right next to it um, that he was in. So, like, Cordoba is where everybody goes to shoot dove. Mm-hmm. Um, I was way – I mean, I didn't see 10 dove the whole time I was there. You know, where I am, there's just no dove. How different do the ducks respond to our ducks here? So, it was really cool because, like I was saying, since they hadn't been shot at, I mean, you got to watch ducks just be ducks. I mean, and, like, the first two weeks I was there, we were just scouting. And something like, you'd pull up on a pond and jump them off, and they'd just spin five times and come come back. back. But you just got to watch. I mean, and you could Mm -hmm. pull up on a pond and listen to them. I mean, like, that stuff was really cool to me just because you drive up on, you know, you get 500 yards from a rice field in Arkansas. and (laughs) so All four of the teal that that are are still there. Right, (laughs) exactly. There was two shovelers out there, too. Well, they yeah, don't they leave. Didn't get up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. 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 Shovelers and coons just chill. They're in the ditch, they're in the ditch <laughs> when you turn the off the paved road. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. You're right. Um, so, anyway, that, that part was cool. The ducks, as far as calling goes, I mean, the the other the two helpers that I had, you know, were Argentinian or whatever, and they uh, we got them some whistles. I mean, they loved it. I mean, they'd just sit there and peep and widget and whistle <laughs> the whole time. I mean, and it – I don't know that the calling really made a whole lot of difference. Yeah. I mean, most of the places we were hunting, like, they were there. Are you hunting a pond, or are you hunting, like, a like a marsh? Some of both. It, lagoons is what they call them, but it's just little shallow ponds, like a creek will kind of flood a little low mm-hmm. spot. Or One of the places we hunted, I mean, it was literally a mud puddle. Like, as wide as that table, but it, but 50 yards wide. and All that was part the best of that river? Yeah. <laughs> all awesome. part of that river system that's there close so, to the lodge? There's actually two rivers that go – they parallel each other down mm-hmm. that valley. And so that's kind of the whole thing is it's all the all of the Okay. Off of those two rivers and then the farmers have gone in there and channeled some of them. Mm-hmm. So like one of the really good places we had, it was just a irrigation ditch, basically. So um, not necessarily like a like a cattle pond like you'd see in Oklahoma that's the only water for you know right. no, sir, four not. sections. No, I mean, it's it, not like that. The boggy spot off of a river kind of thing. Right. That's and cool. it'll and you know, like there's a couple of them that they're, you know, they have willows around them and stuff. And so, like, the ones we were hunting weren't necessary. We didn't hunt every one of them. Like, we, there might be three lagoons on one farm, and they just trade back and forth. So, we just shoot them on the 
traffic mm-hmm. spot, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so a lot of times when folks think about Canada, they think the whole place is this broad expanse and there's a duck on every square inch of it. With Argentina, like where y'all hunted, how far were y'all from like the next like huntable like region? So, so like is it pockety kind of? Sort of. So where we were, I mean, nobody good really. Question. Good <laughs> word, pockety. That is, yeah, that's good. Uh, no, he's on one today. I like. It. <laughs> nobody. Uh, no, you're good. Nobody really. Like I said, nobody really duck hunts there. So I can't. I don't really know. I mean, where we were. I think they're very localized more so there. Like, you don't get a big push yeah, kind of thing. Like, I think you're pretty much shooting local ducks. I think that it snowed the first week I was there up in the mountains, and we got a big push of ducks. So, mm-hmm. I think that they get in those up the mountains mm, yeah. in, in those big lagoons up there, and then they come down to the valley, sure. and then they'll migrate, no, you know, north after it, that. Is there um, a limit? Self-imposed, but yes. You can shoot. That's good. Yeah, so you can shoot 60 a day. That's the, that's the lodge limit. Argentina limit is sixty. Well, that's our lodge limit. Okay, I mean, you can shoot all you want. The country of Argentina does not have a published limit. Sort of, yeah. I mean, wow. it's it's kind of a gray area, but yeah, basically. You, you, and like I guess that's just really the result of there's like not any local hunting. Pretty much, um, it's all I tourist. Mean, and like, there's no game wardens. The police enforce the game laws, and mm. like, if they check you, all they're doing is checking your gun permits like they don't know if there was a limit they wouldn't know it anyway sure you know did y'all shoot any ducks at elevation yeah so like one of the lagoons was right at the base of the national park the national park's kind of up in the mountains yeah and um so that was it was the prettiest place we had it was a pretty big lagoon and there there's a big lake in the national park and so those ducks i guess roosted up there you know and they i mean it was two huge mountains snow-capped mountains i mean it was beautiful so Uh, if you Man. took – so a group of six comes down and they fly fish two days, they duck hunt two days, and they quail hunt two days. The two days that you took them, are they shooting 120 ducks? 60 total, 30 per person. Okay. So you shoot – you can shoot – But y'all are shooting them. I mean, mm. oh, it, I mean, it wasn't like shoot five. And We had – there was – Need 25. And So – yeah, so the way it worked is there was two guns in the blind or whatever, and you would hunt, you know, morning and afternoon. You could kill 40 in the blind in the morning, 20 in the blind in the afternoon. And we shot our limit pretty much every afternoon. Wow. There was maybe one afternoon we killed like two. And then there was a couple mornings, like, you know, there was one morning it was 60 and stale. No, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter where, where you, you are. But that's like a lot. Else. I, I guess what I was getting at, it's not all about the numbers, but that's a lot of killing. A pile. I, I mean, mean – that's more killing than you're going to do in Canada mm. in oh, terms yeah. of pulling Heck the trigger. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's so wild. it. And, I mean, if you took some folks that could shoot, you could really kill them. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I mean, not, you know, anyway, one, hopefully none of the clients are listening, but one more, and they shot 168 shells that kill their 40 in 30 minutes. Nice. Been there. 30 so minutes. it's just, it's really just like any other out And they're shooting are we, double barrels. Are, are we, oh my, are we criticizing these guys or are we saying that's good because I'm feeling like, Sounds like my kind of people. I mean, I mean, what well, <laughs> what kind of ducks are they shooting? Are they passing? Or are they shooting, are they decoying? They're shooting pintails from here to that wall. Yeah. So okay, yeah. So those guys need to practice. He said double barrels too. I mean, that's yeah. that's a. I mean, they're, they're as fast as you, as fast as you could reload for thirty minutes, pretty much. Oh my god! Were they were they landing? Oh yeah. So they were swimming in decoys. Oh. <laughs> Like, I like how your I like your how your position has swung. When, yeah, yeah, when yeah. We are all ready to give these guys Actually, a chance. Hold on. When we get I've, done, I've I'll show thinking, you some videos. And- I, I've been thinking. I'd like their number, and I'd like to call <laughs> call call Will. I think I need to go with, with them. them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I could really enjoy shooting forty on the water. Right. <laughs> so fantastic. we had there was there was one group oh, of guys man. that could really really shoot. I mean, they one afternoon they killed their twenty and twenty shells. Jeez. Um, wow. And. You know, they, those guys, I mean, they shot a limit every day. They were probably fun to quail hunt with. They I mean, killed the they quail, Because they knew what they too. were doing. Well, and that's the other thing is, like, because the way those quail act, they run a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, they're in these huge coveys, like 80 to 100 birds. But you can't get close to the big coveys. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's, but it's hard. So, they, these quail use a sentry. So, they're yeah. in these bushes. And um, they're in these bushes. And you'll look up there, and there'll be one in the top of the bush looking, you know. and. God. So then you'll be walking, you'll get 75, 80 yards sure. from them, and all of 100 of them will get up. And then they'll go, you know, 
find a patch of cover and spread and out. Sit up there again. And, and so, you know, yeah. Cover. And so, but the key is you got to be able to keep up with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of challenging, you know, with some, you know, just different clients. Yeah. What kind of there. altitude are y'all at doing these quail hunts? I don't know the elevation. I couldn't tell you. Gotcha. Um, I never looked. Was that at enough it. to where you felt lightheaded? Like you not, felt like you were in altitude? Not like that, but like that first afternoon, I mean, I would be out of breath. You know, by the second week, you're you're used to it. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but, I mean, for a client that's coming from sitting in an office all yeah. day kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean. Who it, quail hunted 20 years ago and then his buddy was like, hey, man, we're going to Argentina. Well, and that, you know, a lot of them are just used to like put and take quail hunting mm-hmm. gear you know and yeah the, i mean yeah, where the you know the dog points and you ease up there and get your gun yeah because somebody took that quail and went right in the johnson grass and then you know the other thing too is habitat those guys are a lot more used to just wide open kind of shooting and i mean the stuff we were hunting i mean there's trees and big bushes and i mean you kind of had to shoot around you know i mean it's kind of like duck hunting in the woods you got to shoot around or shoot through a branch or whatever and so most of the clients it would take them about a morning to be like well first it would take them about an hour to realize that like that's a quail yeah (laughs) that's a wild bird you know yeah and then once they got that then they were like okay i can that one's close enough to shoot but he's behind a bush and then you man just shoot pull the trigger you know and so once they, you know, most of the time they figure it out and do a lot better. Was it ammo trouble? Kind of. They're pretty strict on all that stuff. Like you have to keep a very detailed inventory, like all your guns, your ammo. So, hmm. so that's why you know. That's why you knew those guys shot 168 right. shells. Yeah. So we counted 40. We counted every shell that was shot, every you know bird that was killed. Wow. Um, like and you know in the ducks we would count. Like we would have, an, we would estimate how many ducks we saw versus what we killed because you know some days we should have killed a lot more than sure. we did or whatever. Yeah. But that's like a legit job. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, way to do your dang due diligence. No kidding. But the other thing, and I mean, this is kind of getting into the business side of it, but like from the bird dog standpoint, I, we kept up with how many birds were killed over each dog. Yeah, because like I, that dog needs to earn his food. So sure. like, if he's not pointing birds, then. You know, that's right. Um, he needs to go, aren't going to make him starve. No, he needs to go home with somebody else. <laughs> he's going home. America. That's right. <laughs> he needs to go find some of them shook up quails. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so were y'all just hunting quail? Is there any other kind of upland bird down there? No, where we were, it was just a quail. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, like the purdies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a prairie chicken, I think. Yeah. And um, they're like up in Cordoba, Buenos yeah. Aires, that region. Um, but yeah, where we were, it was strictly quail. And, I wonder uh, if you could hunt those the way you were talking about being coveys of 100 i wonder if you could drive them like you could pheasant like i wonder if you could have a so a line a of blocker, blocker. we actually yeah. we did that with we had one client that had been putting off hip, he was 86 been putting off hip replacement for two years and nice. this covey's like on top of a mountain and we're like man there ain't no way you're going up there you know so me and one of the other guys went up there and we kind of sent the dogs and pointed them at the bottom to kind of hem them up, and then he and I went around the top and pushed them off and got killed one of them. I mean, whatever. Hey, but, but he <laughs> went to Argentina. He killed his quail. Yep. He did it. Well, and see, the hard part was, like, that group, it was kind of all older gentlemen, and they had booked the trip before COVID. I mean, this whole thing. Oh, yeah. They had, Will and them had created this whole deal, like, had the dogs, clients booked, everything. Yeah. And then, because the season, uh. I mean, it literally COVID hit, like, Two right, weeks yes, before wow. they were supposed to start the season, so all the clients were just so happy to be there, yeah, because you know? mm-hmm. uh, they had all been waiting for three years, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it the terrain is the hardest part of the quail. I mean, it's not an easy. That is so you know, cool. Yeah, that it's still hunting. That it's yeah. not these guys go down to Argentina and shoot box quail. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Are, are you going back? Well, that's where I, I actually. Will, I'm waiting for him. He, we're trying to plan phone tag. <laughs> so we, your agent and his agent, right? That's y'all right. are talking. Yeah, yeah. So our, you, our, you people, that, our people are talking. <laughs> you did that in like this most recent spring or the past spring? Yeah, or? like I got back a m- two months ago. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was there. Are there any turkeys down there? Not wild ones. There used to be, and then they kind of died out. What kind of turkeys? There used to be wild ones. Mm-hmm. Um, were they Rios? What were they? So the. I don't know the ones I saw. Like the farmers have them now, and they look just like Merriams. And they, I mean, gobble like like I yelped one up one day when we were just standing there in the barnyard. You know, do they are they free range? It was mighty tempting, <laughs> <laughs> especially in a country that doesn't have a limit. Especially I mean, because I was boy, sitting down there. Lawless, yeah, but you don't want to piss off old Juan. No, That's yeah, his favorite turkey. Yeah, yeah but especially because I was oh, sitting down there in watching a lawless land, <laughs> watching everybody else 
wear out the turkeys up mm-hmm. here. That that was the hardest part about going down there. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong. I had love shooting yeah. the ducks and quail, but waking up and seeing Snapchats from my buddies every mm-hmm. morning was kind of tough. I bet. <laughs> so the, the turkeys that you saw, they're domestic. But did they, were they free-range mm-hmm. domestic? Oh, yeah. they so they were roosting out. in the trees around the yeah. farmyard? You know, because all those guys. That sounds like an amazing hunt. Pretty much everybody down there, right? <laughs> no guilt. <laughs> pretty much everybody down there has some type of livestock, chickens. Yeah, you yeah know. that makes sense. Um, so several of the people that have chickens and guineas and turkeys. and Sure, yeah. sure. Huh. I'll be day. Yeah. Um, so you said the native Argentinians don't bird hunt much, and it's stag and boar, right? Yep, Was there much boar. of that around y'all? So the where we were at, the stag numbers are not that high. Mm-hmm. Like in La Pampa, that's a different province. That's like if you were going to book an Argentinian stag hunt, you're going to La Pampa. Yeah. Um, they Where we were at, I mean, they, they do hunts where we are. The numbers are not as many, but the trophy quality is really good. So it's kind of one of those deals where, like, yeah. you might hunt all week and see one. But the one but you see. But if it's the one, yeah. it's, you know. That's cool. Um, so, I, yeah, I saw one uh, doe while I was down there. I never saw, you know, stag or anything. The rut was going on the first couple of weeks I was there. And, you know, they were like, you might see one, you might not. But they were further up the mountain. They're a lot like elk, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so, like, they stay up the mountain until mm-hmm. the snow comes. Did you hear any of them? No, Born? I didn't, didn't get That'd to. That'd be cool. What, is there a part of Argentina that's got water buffalo? Yes, that's also La Pampa. Gotcha. Yeah, so like a lot of people do the combo hunt. They'll go and do a stag and a water buffalo kind of thing. Crazy. Is that, and now with those, I don't know a ton about them. I just know they exist because I played Cabela's Big Game Hunter when I was 14 years <laughs> that's old. That's right. And uh, are they aggressive like an African Cape buffalo or are they just kind of like a feral cow? I, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. I've never really dealt Who with them. Who is this guy? I'm gonna, Rob? I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna probably say they're not as aggressive as yeah. a Cape buffalo. Yeah. I mean, Cape buffalo is bad, dude. Oh my gosh. That's oh, no tip kidding. top of my list. Yeah. With they, a bow? No. No, I'm shooting. No. <laughs> he, that's I'm high shooting, on my list. I, but. I want to go to Africa. I want to shoot a Cape Buffalo, like big old double gun, no sight, spot yeah. and stall, right, 45 right, right. yards. Yeah. Like the real way. 500 nitro that's right. between the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So okay. did you get on any boar hunts down there? So we were going to try to go, and it just never worked out. Um, one of the guys I got with, his family had – a big ranch and so yeah we tried to go and it just didn't work out but sure. they uh it's pretty cool they run them with dogs and off horseback yeah do they run them um, i've seen this dog they have down there it's yeah. called like a dogo the doggo argentina yeah that's like you want to talk about a bad it's dude. Like a, dude it's dog. like a pit bull if it had yeah, like the plus, size and mass of a great dame yeah they're like, huge not quite that big but they're they're 60 percent bigger they're than a big pit bull. they're huge mark womack had one oh really two yeah. actually dogo they're big bad dudes yeah yeah like the farmers, you know, all have them or whatever, and, like, you don't go pet one in the back of a truck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I guess asking yeah. for permission in Argentina <laughs> yeah. is a little more exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. – <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get the truck Freaking. as close to the door as possible. That's right. Yeah. Cujo comes out there and tries to <laughs> trees right. you. That's right. Man, a lot of good dog work in Argentina, though. But. Apparently. Um. So, yeah, the boar hunting stuff's pretty cool, though. Like, all the farmers, I mean, a lot of them, you know, they all – that's kind of like their what they do for fun. So, they yeah. – um, Oh, like you drive by the farms and they'll have all those skins hung up on their fence. That's like oh. you know how they yeah. So all their buddies kind of like know. guys up here put the duck quills in the yeah. in the visor. Are they are they good <laughs> exactly. to eat the curls and the, the pintail sprigs? Man, and um, all right, describe the landscape. You keep talking about elevation and mountains. I'm assuming I, I don't. I know about this much more than that. Patagonia is the. <laughs> Is like a like a brand sort of right. like North Face. Describe the landscape down there. So, it's it's about three different landscapes depending on where you are. Like when you're down in the valley, it's the lushest, greenest, um, you know, rolling. I mean, it's not rolling, but it's just sage fields, you know, grazing pasture land. Okay. And then as you start going up the mountain, you'll kind of get into the. You can tell because the the flora changes, you know, the the plants change. And so you have, and kind of with a shorter elevation, it's a lot more like bushes. There's one called the Rosa Mosqueta, which is rose mesquite is the translation. But it's it's just a wild rose, basically, and the quail love them, the little seeds. So that was kind of one of the things we targeted when we were hunting. But then if you went even further up, it was like you were walking on the moon. I mean, it was like there'd be just little bushes like this big, and there'd be a quail underneath it. What, um, What mountain range is that? Nandies. 
on one side, and then the other side, I don't know, it's a smaller, it's an offshoot of the Andes, but that make the valley. And is it, do they snow ski and stuff down there? Oh, yeah, so that's the big, a lot of the guys are ski instructors in the winter. Yeah, so it's cool. That's such a cool place. And I, I always am reminded just of how American we are to think that, like, there's nothing outside of our own little, you know, it's a, it's a big world, world out it's there. It's a big world. Like, how's, your, how's your Spanish? A, a lot better now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, it was cool, too, because those guys also got fly fishing in the summers, you know, and um, they all want to learn English so that they can guide. Like, there was one of my helpers is a fly fishing helper, and the, he's knowledgeable as can be about fly fishing, yeah. but his English is not good enough to be a full guide yet. Gotcha, gotcha. So it was kind of, you know, we would work together on – helping teaching each other mm-hmm. and stuff but it, it was kind of funny by the end of it we were all speaking like half spanish half English, you know yeah like, yeah yeah you yeah. change in the middle of a sentence and change back and, that's uh, pretty cool we might need to take you up to the shop so we know what the painters are saying about us what's going on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right um sean told me today he's like if you need to tell them anything tell tell the young guy he's like he's he he doesn't even know Spanish. <laughs> he's oh, like gosh. he just looks like him. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um is the what kind of fish are they catching? Brown trout, rainbow trout. Are they native down there? Yes, sir. Well, they were introduced way back, but I mean it you know, now it's a world renowned fly fishing. Yeah. Game. I just want to know how they managed to get brown trout that far introducing them. Like how in the world I have no idea. Literally, how in the world? Exactly. <laughs> how did you get it? Yeah. Somebody said, yeah, I can do that. Can you throw some quail There's on the truck? Be, yeah, so. Great. <laughs> might as, a, a turkey? We might as well. <laughs> well, that's what I mean about the – Noah's you know, going down there. Right. <laughs> about what's native, because I, I think that's so interesting about history is what's native and what was there a couple hundred years ago. Native kind of relative. Did, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, I mean, a country like that, I don't, I don't know what their relationship is with, you know – like Europe, so I don't. I mean, was it was it the United States that brought, brought that right. stuff down there, or yeah. was it? A, so you know, I know the Europe the quail influence. came from California. Um, one of our guides, dad, father was actually one of the people that introduced the quail. But wow. it was pretty cool. It was completely like grassroots, local. Like there was no government help. Wow. With the introduction of the quail, like they all just kind of decide they wanted them, and the habitat was right, and you just made it happen. Yeah. And do they? I mean, I wonder if they just don't have a lot of predation. No, or yeah, what's there's the, no. So they the only predator they have is. I mean, there's pumas, but they don't mess with the quail. And then uh, there's a, like a little red fox, but I don't think I've saw two of them. I don't think that fox could catch a quail. I mean, so, really, if they live it, if they've got a sentry that sits in the top of a bush and they live in groups of a hundred. Yeah, I why mean, can't turkeys and bobwhites have sentries? Yeah, you know, no, like right. help themselves out a little bit. We'd never kill a dang turkey if no, they if, they, if turkeys had sentries. You'd, yeah, you'd <laughs> never kill fair one. Enough. <laughs> just have to shoot him off the limb nah, yeah. i was about to say do you like pick out the sentry <laughs> first and go all right well, these so, 80 are done like so, crows, like crows you know one you time scout. one time we walked up and i was like there he is right there in the bush shoot him and client's like i'm not shooting him out of the tree the i was bush. like oh, hand me the gun i will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what i was kind of wondering i didn't know if there was like a like a fair chase kind of principle that y'all had where you're like okay we're gonna hunt this and the rule is you don't shoot the sentry because it makes it harder. Or no, I mean like if that. if if you could kill him, kill him. You know? Okay, but, okay. Um, I was just curious. It's just, I mean, it, it's just really hard. I mean, you can't get close to him. You know, I mean, awesome. hundred yards, and that's. Do they sing? Oh yeah, they call a lot. So we would yeah. actually call while we were hunting, and they would respond, and then you would take sure. the dog, you know, kind of over cool. there. Yeah, so that part was cool. Um, mm. Yeah, there's like a little primos quail call that we had that we used that's awesome <laughs> this might be a bad uh, podcast for the two of us to be on you might have to find some new people in the spring <laughs> this is like the coolest thing i've talked about in a long time, time. A long time. we might uh, not yeah, be here I'm for just, turkey season i'm getting itchy i know <laughs> i mean i listened to bob white restoration habitat restoration yesterday and now we're talking about a place that has hey, cubbies of a hundred I mean, right golly yeah the, the, the other podcast. thing they have a, guy. they have a bunch i mean a bunch of rabbits and not like little like bunny rabbits like are we talking like hares yeah but we... european hares are what they are oh my gosh and we need to get a bunch Hiskey. of beagles down the road <laughs> we need to ask ryan if we if, can borrow hey. mr Billy <laughs> Montague's got a whole barn full of them down there and i know they're I'm not running you, dogs in the summertime if we took a pack of beagles down there we it would be ungodly <laughs> 
I'm telling y'all. Get Will Callen on the phone. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I, I said that the whole time. I was like, what I would give to just have two beagles down here right oh, now. Oh, man. My gosh. But, now, those you could put in the overhead compartment. So, that would definitely work. The, mm-hmm. There's a bounty on them. On beagles? No, on. On the rabbits? On the rabbits. Let's see. Should you get paid? You get 200 pesos and four 22 shells for every one you bring them. So about about two dollars. Two dollars. That, yep. That's a viable method for stocking the front of the store so, with twenty two yeah. rounds. I mean, yeah, so, we can have a really cool line of like Rolling Thunder pelts. We could just like big <laughs> <laughs> skin caps. Yeah. So the way we would hunt them are they really bad on so the y'all on the crops? Hunt those too? Bad, real bad. Like they are in Argen- or in Australia. Mm-hmm. They're like, pretty. They'll. I mean, the farmers and stuff don't really like them. You are know? they doing like the fence thing like they have in Australia? No. So where I was, it wasn't a lot of ag ground. It was. Okay. It was cattle mostly. So. So, but they burrow and they. Yeah. Like. So cat- there's some of that. I mean, yeah. and people, you know, try to get rid of them. Um. So like we, while we were quail hunting, we didn't shoot any just because like load with the dogs and them being mm-hmm, on the ground yeah. and everything. We one client shot one like after we put the dogs up, he wanted to shoot one real bad. So there yeah. was one standing there, and we were like you know whatever, but. The way they hunt them is spotlighting. So mm. one night we went and did that. <laughs> okay, hold on. Spence just is like, I love Argentina. <laughs> just, there's a place oh, that you can spotlight, spotlight rabbits yeah. after oh, yeah. you follow a, a bird, dog, and fly fish and shoot ducks. So I mean, um, they got beer down there? Yeah, too? I was yeah. going to say drink Pacifico <laughs> or, or Good what beer. kind of cervezas? They're called kill me's. Yeah. And we call them kill me's because yeah. once you drink them, you wish yeah. somebody would kill you. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, that and um, there's another one. There's they have so they actually have really good beer. I mean, they're big. Like all the guys I work with are big, like craft beer, you know, IPA stuff. Yeah. And they they've got a yeah. bunch of local stuff. I I like hunting camp beer. So yeah, same <laughs> um, gold tops. Uh, but uh, anyway, we could put a case of bush light in the bottom of every Lucky Duck kennel that's got like four. Yeah, put a piece of beagle plywood across it. Have like beagle plywood bush light. Like that, <laughs> that first bush light I drank when I got back was mighty spiritual, <laughs> spiritual experience. But uh, man, so the way we why did you come back? Right. So the um, the uh, you know we the trucks we use were the Toyota Hilux, like the Taliban yeah. rig, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Taliban rig. And so this is amazing. So we would the night we went, you know we. We had a, a an asado, which is like a barbecue. So, like, we, hey, man, yeah. I'm going to smoke a oh. butt this afternoon, you know. Do they do the whole deal where oh, they, yeah. like, they make Just a fire and yeah. they put it out? Yeah. And they, oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, we did that, like, five well, days I don't, a week. I'm not the historian he is. So, what is the um, – so what, what do you mean by asado? Asado is a verb, a noun, et cetera. It, so, you can say, hey, we're having an asado, which means we're having a cookout. Yeah. Then you're going to say, all right, I'm going to build the asado, which is, like, actually making the deal. Yep. But the asado is a cut of meat. So, like, you like carne cook an asado. Right. So, you yeah. cook an asado. Was be my question was, how yeah. similar so is this to You could have a full asada, sentence where you'd be like, asada, asada, asada. And, and they'd be like, okay. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> asada. Yeah. So, asada. And, you know, Reminds me of a cut down. Yeah. I mean, you got a noun. Yeah. That's a cut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut That's it down. I'm going to cut this one down. Right. And, you know. At the at the polo fields back in the day, there we had a bunch of Argentinian guys over there. And they would they would do that like on like Saturday nights yep. after the match they would what like polo fields. In oh, Rob's, Rob's got a big polo history. Nah, we oh just used goodness. to we just used to help out. Swiss it was Army fun. knife man. But those Argent those Argentines would get out yep. there and they would just make these incredible and they only use like salt and pepper or whatever. Oh yeah, go ahead. I mean there's I, if I go back I'm taking some Crystal and some Tonys with me. <laughs> Hit him with that two step. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Crystal's hot sauce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Crystal meth. No, not Crystal meth. Or burgers. Making yeah, sure we're, right. we're in West Tennessee. We, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to <laughs> clarify. <laughs> got to clarify. No. Uh, so we load up in the truck. We made Insado, hung out. You know, drank a couple beers, whatever. Load up in the truck, and they, got, you know, they got the the lights on the front, like KC lights, old school. Yeah. And then one guy's driving, and then another dude's in the passenger with the yeah. Q beam, and then. Two of us are riding in the bed with the 22s, just ready to rock. So, I mean, you just ride along, and there he is. Pow, Find jump out. Air. I mean, so, like, the night, the night we went, we hunted for, you know, I don't know, a couple hours and shot, like, 40. Uh, <laughs> Argentina sounds it. like a really good place better to and better never, all the time. Never like, sleep. They, they were showing me, the guys were showing me pictures, like, the nights when they're like, hey, we need some beer money, so they're going to go fill up a truck bed, you know, for the bounty. I yeah. mean, they're, like. Three to four hundred in a night. Yeah, how many hairs do you need of? to cover oh, yeah. up your gosh, run? Gosh, that's 1,222 rounds. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, that's nuts. 600 bucks and 1,200. <laughs> Not bucks. 
Pesos. Pesos and bucks are definitely not the same Yeah, thing. you can pay for your – I mean, you can equivalent – It's like a dollar fifty in American dollars, yeah. but it's 1,222 rounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jeep, yeah, so awesome. that was that was pretty cool. That was fun. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights. What was, like, one of the weird – one of the best kind of, like, I am not home right now kind of moments that was just yeah, so different. Yeah, culture shock. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there was a couple – I don't know. Um – Probably <laughs> how late everything happens there. Mm. So, like, the first week we were there, so Will was there for, like, two weeks right when I got there, and then he came home. And so before Will was leaving, we kind of – it was right before the season started. We kind of gotten everything squared away, ready to rock and roll. And so Saturday night we had a asado with all the guides and then went out to the bar or whatever. But, you know, here, like, if we were going to do that, we'd start cooking about 6 and eat about 7 and – get to the bar about nine and hang out till yeah. midnight and come on home. Well, they started cooking about nine. Ugh. You eat about 12 and then you go to the bar about two and you stay out till about six. It was kind of the difference. And then between you go like, duck hunting. Right. Is this because they take a siesta from one to three? I was going to ask. I guess, yeah. Cause that sounds like a good way to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean that. Or it sounds like you went a, to UT Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> Bars never closed. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, I think that's probably definitely part of it. Um, huh. Cause like everywhere closes from one to three, mm-hmm. like everywhere. You, that's cool. From though. one to three, you can't do a dang thing. I mean, don't, you know, don't count on going to the grocery store or anything. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's kind of that way why. with the shop dogs, you know, when they get back from lunch, they don't. Yeah. One to three is a pretty lean time. <laughs> Just hanging out. <laughs> Just kidding. So, so Very culturally, bad. just like how things happen at different times and that, that kind of stuff. But I think from a work standpoint, time is not a important thing down there. Like being on time, mm. and so huh. that was the hardest part. I think one of the biggest challenges because you show me, up like right as I'm 15 yeah, minutes early. Yeah, is a very time sensitive thing. Right, and so I'd be 15 minutes early, and I'm like. Where is everybody? And for the hunts, everybody was pretty good. But, like, the off days, we'd be like, all right, let's meet at the kennel at 8, and we're going to work dogs and do whatever scout, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody roll up at 8.45 and, you know. Mm. Um, but that, you know, that's just part of it. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. You yeah. just got to deal with it. Do they have shooting light in Argentina? I don't know. You can shoot them with spotlight if you want to. Put the old white tape on the barrel and go out there shooting a <laughs> shooting a California quail sentry off the limb with the spotlight just doesn't have the pizzazz. That yeah, I don't think I could do that. But one of those yellow billed pintails could probably get it. You know? I don't know, rolling down in the Taliban rig, picking sentries <laughs> off with spotlights with a twenty two that you just earned because you shot two hundred rabbits sounds pretty sporty. Okay, I was just saying that spotlighting rabbits sounds more fun than spotlighting quail. Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm just thinking about. <laughs> I was talking more about ducks. Ducks. But yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. They. I mean. There's videos, you know, I mean, like Ramsey's posted where, I mean, I don't think they, the place he goes, they don't shoot them with right, the spotlight, just, but just to them spotlighting them. But I mean, yeah. they're, one of our clients was talking about a place he had been before and he was like, the guy was literally like, shoot the light, you know, just shoot <laughs> the that, light. But isn't that interesting how culturally, I mean, not only are we, we're consumed with habitat management and and the game laws, and that's that is a cultural part of hunting sure. for us. Mm-hmm. And down there, like it's non-existent. So, I mean, so much about what we identify as hunting, you know, having a license and yeah. sh- what's shooting light, and think about all the things that are or like attached even though to that. just a moral right thing to do, yeah, regardless right. of like yeah. legality. Yeah. Now, you know, that that is a big thing for them. Like there was one day we shot the full sixty bird limit in the morning mm-hmm. and didn't hunt in the afternoon, and my helper was like. He didn't like that. Really? He was like, that was a massacre. Like, I didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? That's so, like, it, it's really, it is interesting because they are very, like, with the trout, you know, it's all catch and release mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, so it is, it's very interesting where they draw their line about yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, uh, I think it's interesting in the absence of, kind of like what you were saying, in the, absence, in the absence of a of a rule, y'all have all these self-imposed things. But it kind of sounds like that rule's actually coming from the, the locals, like the guides that y'all work with. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's, gotcha. I mean, it, there's just nobody to enforce. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of sure. like you, you That's know. good, though, because you hear you gotta some, have some stuff. you got to draw a line. You go out of state or out of country, and the guys are like, okay, you came here to shoot this. We're going to get you this, whatever it means. Mm-hmm. And we, like, <clears throat> a lot of times it doesn't translate to where, no, you want to earn it or you want to shoot a trophy or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. They're mm-hmm. like, 
that is a whitetail. Shoot yeah. the whitetail. Right. I, I would think, though, without some form of a self-imposed limit, the experience would be more hollow. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you, well, like, like what? Yeah, I like mean, you just shoot until what? You get tired of pulling the trigger, or like there's right. no stop. Well, there's point. no value you know in I mean? each critter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's what I'm saying is that getting your limit is a satisfying stopping point, and everybody goes and has a cocktail and enjoys themselves. Right. If, if you were, if you didn't have a limit, it's like so we just hunt till nine o'clock. I mean, there, it right. cheapens yeah. the whole experience. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It. So that that's that's pretty cool. Well, and I mean too, like. The ducks compared to, like, by the the first week, you could have been out there in a pink jumpsuit. Didn't matter. You were going to shoot them. By the last week, like, you had to hide, be still. I was going to ask mean, about that. Are you guys in lawn chairs in the brush, or are you we, guys using we, panel blinds? We built – I mean, it was essentially a panel blind, but yeah. we built them. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, chicken wire and mm-hmm. T-post or whatever. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely got hard. I mean, by the end of it, you could tell – but they're wise enough. A lot up. more skittish. You know, before they'd come over the trees, wings locked. Now they spin twice. Yeah. I mean, they still came in, but. <laughs> over the trees. Y'all shoot them in the woods down there? Those willows. Ah. This sounds like That's still cool. Place. I mean, it so cool. Uh, yeah, it was. And just sure. seeing, could you see the mountains even from oh, where yeah. you were? Gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, I almost can't think of probably a more beautiful place it, to duck hunt. It, I, I, I don't know that there is one. I mean, Yeesh. I haven't been to Canada yet. Yeah, you know, I've been to the Dakotas. Out so, way, are maybe, you Will and Lauren's like salesman as well? Because you're doing a pretty dang good job. Yeah, I don't know. They they do pretty good, I think. Yeah. You know, but yeah, no. Uh, I, I I would like to keep working for Will. I mean, they have some other duck lodges in the Buenos Aires province. Sure. Um, that's like strictly duck hunting. So I've kind of talked with him about doing that or back to that place. Um, so anyway, awesome. so we just got to hash all that out. Yeah. So just change gears on us being just completely and totally marveled by your exploits <laughs> in the Patagonias. What, uh, what are you doing this fall? So I'll be in the Northern hemisphere. I'll be leaving <laughs> the 20th of August headed to Alberta. I'm working for ranch land up there. God, sure. That's awesome. Cool. So, yep. Yeah, I'm really, really excited that about that. a top notch outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, really top notch. And one of our buddies, Matt Barnett works for them. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, I'm, Really excited about that. I'm, you know, I'm really excited to really get to spec hunt a lot. I mean, I've There's done it. There's a bunch of them. I've, I've been on some really good spec hunts by no work of my own, just got invited. And sure. um, so I think that's – I'm I'm really really looking forward the to that. The specs up there are turds. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. <laughs> they Specs get dumber the further south they, they, they go. Come. They are slick up there. They, right. they get off the water, and they're locked up at 1,000 yards away, and the closer they get, the higher they are. I mean, we hadn't – Maybe I'm just not a good spec hunter. Then they get to Arkansas and everybody shoots yeah, a limit every day. I'm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a limit of two. Right, right. A limit still, every day. Yeah, yeah. But you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy that. Those guys really, really, really run a top notch operation. They take care of their farmers and um, mm, yes, sir. Rob's a good dude and and Barnett is a killer. Let me just tell you. Right, that's, he, he is a killer. Well, that's good. I like working with folks like that. Yeah, so if, he's if, not. He's a man of few words, but. You pay attention to what that boy's doing. Yes, he's, sir. I mean, he kills as many ducks as anybody I know in West Tennessee, and he's got a very not glamorous place, but he runs traffic, and he knows how to blow the snot out of a call. And, and right. He, he does it right. Heck, so, yeah. So You're, um, you're going to enjoy that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And then I'll leave there and go back to Oklahoma. Um, I'm working for Red Rock in Oklahoma this year. Yep. So I'll be there for the regular season, and then uh, – Dude, what are you going to do when you turn 30? You're going to be bored out of your mind. Like, you're going to have to <laughs> no, go Africa. He's going to get into tarpon, and he's going to be out yeah. there on the flats. Yeah, he'll be fine. Have, so, you, have you hunted the Central Flyway much, or like, before? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I, me and my buddy started going to North Dakota when we were in college. Yeah. Um, so, that was kind of my first experience in that. The best duck hunt I've ever been on was the first year we went up there. And, mm. I mean, it was just it was the first snow day of the year, and it nice. was just you know one of those days. Um, Have you done the little geese thing though? Yeah, so I actually yeah. that first time I did that, I hunted with Red Rock the last couple of days of the season this year, right? And um, we had one pretty good, real, really, really good goose hunt. It was the first day of the late goose season, and we had two clients in camp, and none of the nobody else wanted to go except the one guy that had to take them. And this other guy was like, "Well, I'll go and sit in the layout blind next a frame and take pictures." And yeah. I was like, well, "Man, I'm here. I want to hunt. I'm going." So we went and uh, it was Milo Field. They've been scouting for a while, whatever. And cracks daylight, and we're just hanging out. And here comes we look up, and it's like a wad. Maybe oh, yeah. it's like fifty. The first bunch. So we shot into them, killed a couple, whatever. 
We look up, here comes like the Mondo Wad, like four or five hundred. We don't say that screaming. <laughs> That's right. You can you say the Brew Wad or the original okay. Wad. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Mondo Wad right here. Nope, nope, nope. No hatred towards R&T, just... I understand. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Um, so, they came, I mean, just did it right, centered up. We shot into them. Anyway, we in four volleys, we shot our 40. And Jeez, heck yeah. um, it, the birds that we ended up shooting weren't even the birds that were coming to the field. Like, all the as we were picking up, the birds got off the roost that we had been scouting. I mean, it just was one of those, you know, got lucky. But that's the only, I mean, the only one I've been on was an absolute barn burner so (laughs) man that's really cool well good well man thank you so much i I thoroughly enjoyed that you are a very fascinating young man i appreciate it and uh the world's bright ahead of you pal like you got a lot of cool stuff ahead of you and safe travels and all your exploits and there's a big part of me that wishes that I was 24 and had the chance to go back and, right. you know, no strings attached experience, all that stuff. That's I'm right. jealous. It's well, not often that I talk to somebody about adventures and I'm jealous, but I'm <laughs> jealous. <laughs> That's right. Well, everybody, you know, tells you once you get married, once you graduate college and get a job, you ain't going to be able to do it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, make it happen. You know, and a lot of that's true, and it's not a negative thing, but I think the older you get, the more you just, you like, you just – want to settle down you know right. what i mean oh, it's not it's not a some people say that to you and and they're reflecting negatively on right a miserable marriage right and, i mean i'm 40 i like my wife more today than i ever have at any point but man i like being home like i i mm-hmm. like yes sir. i mean i like just being around my house it's not glamorous but i kind of like cutting my grass and right. spraying it around you know i mean i like that stuff right. my grass yeah i mean i cut their grass <laughs> make a trip cut it and watch it you know That's what i mean right. but uh at, at in your at your age there's the thrill of the adventure is you, you can just do that longer i mean exactly. I, I don't really I don't yep. know how to say it any better than that, but well, like, I go on a trip in five days. I'm like, all right, let's time, time, time to, to get go home, back. You right. know? And I mean, to that point, kind of wrap up, you know, when Will called me about the job and that guy had just backed out and he was like, you know, are you sure you want to go? Like, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I'll get on a plane tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, that's been, awesome. that's kind of been my mentality with this whole, I mean, you have to be that way if you're going to guide. Yeah. Sure. And so, yeah. um, anyway. Well, you, you're going to look back and you're going to say, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did that. And it will make it, when you decide to settle down, you'll be ready to settle down. Exactly. Because you'll, yeah. <laughs> you'll have done it. That's right. You'll have done it. Exactly. You'll have good stories for your grandkids. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yes, sir. Cool. Well, I enjoyed it, fellas. Yeah, thanks yeah, for thank you. stopping through the big metropolis of Somerville. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. We'll, we'll see you on the next one. Catch you on the next one.